The spin is supported by NatWest. Why? Because NatWest loves cricket. The skills it teaches and the communities it creates and want it to be easy for everyone to get involved. To find out about how NatWest is helping make cricket open to all, search NatWest Cricket. I am so excited to be able to tell you that England have made it into the World Cup semi-finals after their blistering show against Norway. Uh, hang on. No, I've picked up Football Weekly script. Let's start again. Oh yeah, I've been getting a bit of stick for my deep love of Michael Aston, so I am very excited that today we've got someone coming into the studio who actually understands how I feel. It's Miles Jupp. I know for a fact he's an Athens fanboy. He's also crazy enough about cricket that he once spent an entire winter pretending to be a cricket journalist so that he could get himself into the press box during an England tour against India. Don't try that at home, folks. Uh, also on the show is Jamie Thixton, who is such a cricket geek that he posted a picture of himself watching Joss Butler's century against Pakistan this month while wearing one of Joss Butler's helmets. I mean, we presume he hadn't stolen it, but we might just check that. Anyway... Miles Jupp and Jamie Theakston, both on the show. It's cool. I'm cool. Who's overexcited? I'm not overexcited. You're overexcited. Carry on. It's the spin! Welcome to the spin. And there's great news. England haven't lost a game since our last podcast. I mean, they haven't played one, but let's stick to the positives. With the silkily self-assured India team now number one in the ODI rankings, England are back to being scrappy underdogs, and I think we can all admit we're much more comfortable with that. We'll talk about their huge upcoming clash, plus we'll play Frankenstein and create the ultimate cricketer from World Cup body parts. And yes, that's going to be as disgusting as it sounds. It's the spin! I'm Emma John and this is The Spin, the cricket podcast that isn't afraid to tell it like it is, but also doesn't want Johnny Bairstow to be angry with us. <laughs> Sitting around the boundary of our oval table today, Jamie Theakston makes his debut. He sat on the cover boundary. It's also a first appearance for Miles Jupp at Long On. I'm at my usual position in Cow Corner and as ever, down at Long Leg is our spare chair in case Michael Atherton should ever be free to join us. Miles, what do you think of our choice of picture? Uh, I think that's a very, yeah, that's a beautiful picture there. That's what, that's the end of the Wanderers, Johannesburg, 185. So when he out. batted all day? Two ten, days. Ten, 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 ten hours, 46 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. I've got two young children, uh, one of whom is very keen on cricket. It shows you just how much the game has changed. It'd be very difficult for me to explain to my 11-year-old just why that was such a fantastic yeah, yeah. innings, because it would make no sense, the idea of sort of batting for... It should take two hours, 15 minutes now. So, all <laughs> yes, sort of exactly. minutes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I need you both loosened up before we get into the big topics. So let's start here. What's your cricketing claim to fame. Jamie, what's yours? I captained the very first side to tour Afghanistan. Wow. Uh, we, uh, a, a friend of mine was a soldier who was uh, one of his tasks, he was tasked with uh, the a whole hearts and minds thing towards the, the end of the, the conflict. And one of the ideas was that to, uh, to take a, we, we came up with this in the pub, was to take our village cricket side to go and play in Kabul because the Taliban were massively keen on sports generally. Mm -hmm. And so we thought that we would take the first English cricketing side and we would play the Afghan side, which we did in the uh, security compound 
just outside the US Embassy and we played a game of cricket when we got absolutely hammered. Did you? Really? Yes, I mean, that goes without saying. Was it you that sort of started the ball rolling then or was, the, was there already a sort of nascent... There was a group of... They were uh, they're mainly sort of uh, from the um, Pakistan refugee camps around the borders but they were mad on cricket. There was no... We had to build a cricket pitch because there weren't any cricket pitches at the time in Kabul so we built one with a mat in a market. Lots of very surprised market traders. There were some Polish security forces manning the outfield scratching their heads uh, there was this helicopter buzzing overhead and we had um, bulletproof vests and we played the most extraordinary game of cricket ever and we were sm- we actually ran out of balls because we got ha- we got hammered so much <laughs> they, we, we, were get, we were being hit into the US embassy and we actually at one stage were quite nervous that the Americans of course never having seen a cricket ball might think there were these strange red leather grenades would be lobbed over the wall uh, so yeah, it was one of the and it was one of the um, most extraordinary games of cricket I've played in my life. I guess I can't imagine you did a lot of quick singles in bulletproof vests. No, there wasn't much running to be honest. I think we were skittled out for less than ninety, if my memory serves me correctly. So it wasn't much of a game. That but, uh, is an incredible claim to much. fame. That is exceptional. Miles, how are you going to live you, up to Miles. that? Over to you, Miles. I can't. Yes, uh, goodness. Yeah. Uh, no, I can't live up to that at all. I've opened the batting with Andrew Strauss once. In um, Wormsley, which is this kind of bizarre monument, I suppose. The John Paul Getty ground. It's very pretty. I think it's got a slope. I think he asked them to put a slope in so that it was more like Lords. And that was was the first match that Strauss had played after he'd retired. And I was very nervous that I'd be asked to face the first ball. Because the other team, I can't remember what they were called, but Andrew Caddick was opening the bowling for them. And I thought, this is not necessarily going to be a lot of fun for me. Of course, I'm dreadful. <laughs> that's, that's part of it. And uh, so I said to him, can you face the first ball? And he said, oh, I haven't played for a year. And I thought, well, I haven't played for a year and a half. But also, when I last played, I would have, I would have played dreadfully, presumably, wherever it would have been. The last time you played, you were the captain of the England cricket team. <laughs> I'm sure you're... And he went, fine. He went OK, fine. And, of course, the first ball, he just tucked it away for a single, so I had to face the second ball. <laughs> anyway, but I did see off. I saw off two overs of, I have to say, rather serious Andy Caddick. I was sort of too bad to get out. I mean, if I was good, I'd have nicked about four of them. But he got quite cross and then started spraying it down the leg side in sort of rage. Having then seen off two overs of Caddick, and including a one-bounce four over third man when I threw everything at it. I was then comprehensively cleaned up by uh, Phil Spencer from Location, oh, Location, Location. Right. <laughs> I think I relaxed when I saw the ball going into his hand and I've got it all wrong. But it was Caddick's wicket, really. He... The problem is when you play against proper cricketers, they don't have a kind of on-off. So there's no, they can't just sort of toss it up. Well, they can do amazing things, but for a laugh, can't they? You know, right. been, they're so drilled yeah. that it doesn't, they're not frightened. They still want the ball to come towards them. I saw sort of Tim Munton finish tying his shoelaces and then just and he set off around the boundary at third man and take a one-handed tumbling catch sort of laugh about it and just throw <laughs> yeah, it back into the wicketkeeper right? but, they, I thought, but they don't they're so competitive they yeah. even you know even when they're retired I remember playing once in a game and I remember Ed Giddens bowling at me quite quickly and I was sort of jumping on square legs toes and sort of hoiking him over mid-wicket and I remember he came up to me and he goes I'm gonna and people were like cheering and I'd sort of yeah. hit two or three boundaries and I was having the best time ever and he said well, I'm sorry Joe I'm gonna have to bowl about I'm gonna have to try and hit you now I was like oh that's <laughs> and it was kind of aggressive <laughs> for what just because it's a safe face I'm yeah, yeah. going to put one in really short and as quick as I possibly can Miles you're sat in the heart of the Guardian building talking about cricket this is what you dreamed of when you were blagging your way into the press box, isn't it? Uh, I suppose, ultimately, yeah. I, I, I didn't realise it would be as desk-bound as this. I thought <laughs> one would be sort of travelling around and enjoying lengthy lunches at the Wankady and trying to catch the end of the afternoon session. On to the cricket. 
<laughs> Pakistan handed New Zealand their first defeat of the World Cup as the Kiwi top order succumbed to some irresistible pace bowling from Shaheen Afridi. Jimmy Neesham's 97 helped New Zealand fight back to 237 for six, but Pakistan knocked them off pretty easily thanks to 100 from Babar Azam and his match-winning stand with Harris Sahail. It's an interesting time for those two teams to meet, isn't it? Because Pakistan started the tournament woefully. Now they're looking threatening. New Zealand, they were unbeaten before this game. And suddenly they're struggling to win convincingly. Well, I, I think the issue is, is that New Zealand aren't as good as we, maybe we thought and Pakistan aren't as bad as we thought. I think that probably sums it up, really. I know that we have to win one of our games to qualify for the semi. And I think we will beat New Zealand. I don't think we'll beat India on Sunday. But I think that we will beat New Zealand. And Pakistan are a tricky one because, you know, obviously we hammered them in the one-day series. But you never know what team are going to turn up with Pakistan. On They've one, got that one amazing sort of mercurial thing, haven't yeah. they? And they could lose to anyone on their day or be beat anyone yeah. I've always that's, that's one of the reasons I've always thought they're just a really exciting even when they won the, the 92 World Cup within six months they've got they'd had the highest score ever scored against them and been bowled out what, for the lowest score so what the thing we know now is that they are exactly replicating their results from the 1992 World Cup if you look at their if you look was at their results right? in this tournament first match they lost second match they won third match was rained out that's fourth when we bowled we bowled them out for 74 didn't we and then it was then it rained and then was it rained. off yeah fourth match they lost Pringle fifth match they Pringle lost. was in amongst the wickets that day what a great day <laughs> what a great time was that the World Cup where Sid Lawrence popped his knee he did it was on the tour well, before wasn't oh, it? That was that was in, I think that was in a test at, that was one of the most horrible things I think I've seen the fact that you could hear you could hear oh, it on the radio at home yeah he's a bodybuilder now Sid Lawrence yeah it's amazing isn't it Peculiar post-cricket career. Well, Chris, is that what Tremlett does as well? Does Chris Tremlett not? He's, he looks like, like something from the sort of Marvel franchise. He has certainly looked like he's done a Chris Hemsworth. Extraordinary. I know Ronnie Irani sells insoles. Yeah. Well, that was uh, that, athletic. That, that, that was inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> My point about the Pakistan uh, replicating their 1992 form is that they're clearly going to win the World Cup now. It's a bold claim. It's not Fate has decreed though. it. It's Destiny not, says it right here. It's not impossible. They're being sort of well-led, aren't they? And that was the kind of feature of their 92 when Imran Khan. So they, I, I wouldn't rule them out, really. I mean, New Zealand, I think they're slightly better than you think mm-hmm. they are. But in the past, they've always had this thing in New Zealand where it's, it's all about greater than the sum of their parts. They were always able to make team, a bigger yeah. team, make themselves bigger somehow as a team. At the moment, they, there's a few players they're sort of leaning on a bit more well, heavily, and that's unlike player. them. <laughs> There's Kane Williamson, and interestingly, so Kane Williamson doesn't get a century against Pakistan and New Zealand lose. That guy, what's he called, de Grandhomme? Colin he, de Grandhomme. He's very good. I w- watched, I was in a hotel and I watched the end of their chase against South Africa and he, he is amazing, I mean, Kane for, Williamson. For, for Pakistan, that, late, that late cut in the penultimate. Yeah, he's a good player. Pakistan to win it, though, of course, they have to qualify. And I, and I don't think they will. I think England will qualify and I think England are going to go on and win it. So there you go. I've said it. There you go. You think we'll do that by we'll lose to India and, the, and beat New Zealand? Yeah. This is something I've been wondering about. Are you both table watchers by nature? Is this the kind of thing you would do during a tournament? Do you do the maths? Do you sit there and worry about how England are going to make it? I struggle it? with it. I, had to, I took a screen grab yesterday of a thing saying how it works because I just couldn't couldn't get my head around it. And I was actually slightly surprised to see that that was the the, the format of it. So that's how. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I rely on my eleven-year-old who explains to me that you know Pakistan have to beat Bangladesh and they have to beat Afghanistan and we have to lose or we have to win both of our games for us to go through. He's very good at that kind of thing. Yeah. 
The yeah. idea of people out on the field having been that aware of it, they can go, oh, do you know what, actually, would be quite helpful if suddenly we dropped a couple of catches here or whatever it might be because of net run rate or these things that people can... I can't imagine having the sort of brain that would enable you to be that in control of it. Lloyd dropping boycott kind of thing so that the run rate stays below 1.5 or whatever. <laughs> so what do we think is going to happen in the England-India game this Sunday? India just look... I mean, I'm going to use some technical jargon here. They look a bit good... Don't they? Mm. I think it's going to be a. I mean, the that uh, it's Edgbaston, right? Which Edgbaston, is I, I've yeah. got to think that's going to favour their spinners. How does it work in preparing the wicket? Who's in charge of deciding how that wicket is prepared? Well, the, ICC. the ICC. Yeah, England have already. Comp- well, Johnny Bairstow, when he went off on one about things <laughs> yesterday, uh, yeah. one of the things he's slightly thrown a bit of a paddy about is yeah, the we're good at, we've been very good at complaining. Uh, yes. Not so good at playing. Uh, so, so it, it's it, like old-fashioned English wickets, aren't they? There was an article I read when someone was saying, you know, the sort of people that were playing one-day cricket for England 15, 20 years ago would be perfect in this World Cup where there was people bought sort of a little bit of test match application to it and a sort of nudge a nerdler, kind of a Neil Fairbrother on these tracks. Mm. Yeah, if you look at the way sort of Donny, uh, MS Donny plays on these wickets, really just sort of clever stuff. There's yeah. a sort of long game sense to it. Yeah. Yeah, I think they've got their two wrist spinners, I think would be pretty deadly on that. Wicket, England think... are good at playing spin, though. I mean, that, yeah. well, that's the one thing that's been comforting me about this game is that that is the one thing that we know about these these England batsmen. They're mm. pretty good at tonking spin. But maybe you're right. If, if the pitch isn't going to sure. do I, the I, job I for them, I just worry also about uh, India. Again, they've got strong batting side. I think we've bow- our bowling, uh, which well, I th- going into the tournament was meant to be a strength. I think they've maybe bowled a tiny bit short. I think that the Indian batsmen are just going to fill their boots. I think. Also, with these pitches, with the balls sort of gripping and popping a bit. Watching yesterday, I did catch the end of uh, India West Indies and that you know you've got like a leg slip leg gully and that's mm. pretty spin friendly yeah also that thing where people are getting caught at point off the front foot that suggests it's a very good wicket for spin I think the deadliest thing is just how happy Virat Kohli looks all the time yeah I suppose a lot of those cutaways of him sat down having a right old giggle yeah, yeah. I'd he, love to know what, what he is he's giggling about he, but he, he knows the secrets doesn't he yeah. <laughs> yeah apparently he was orchestrating the crowd going round getting different sections of the crowd to, to cheer yesterday uh, again also, I get the Edgbaston crowd will probably might have a bit of an influence on the game as well on Sunday, but it's going to be quite rowdy. Which is imagine. just going to prove Johnny Bairstow's point even more. I mean, he said yesterday, people are waiting for us to fail. They're not willing us on. I think to he was win. probably talking about Kevin Peterson and Michael Vaughan <laughs> rather than the. Uh, I think that's who he was referring to. Uh, I, it's funny, isn't it, how people tend to get riled by other people who normally ex-players whose job it is to give an opinion I think I'm always surprised that the players actually that that bothers them in that way because you go well that's what they're paid to do right I mean yeah, yeah. what's he going to say oh we're doing brilliantly <laughs> you know, they're talking about a thing that they're no longer able to do as a result of the passage of time Inev- inevitably there's going to be a sort of an element of wistfulness tinging every remark they ever make what about team changes is it worth finally well, dropping things Plunkett, Plunkett. Uh, sorry, Plunkett. So he's the games we've lost are the ones that he's not played in. Is that am I correct in thinking that's that correct? Before I make that <laughs> assertion so violently, <laughs> um, I think there could be a way back in for him. Really, I wouldn't mind seeing him back. Vince, what would you if you drop mm. Vince? What are you doing? Are you do you want to play with the batting order? I mean, it, I it has worked. Vince having... Roy would come back in, wouldn't he? Well, we if don't he's all, know. If he's sure. all right to play, then I would I would bring him back in. That's without. But I think doubt even that he would uh, come I think back at, in. Yeah, sorry, that was a really stupid thing to say. Even at seventy five percent, you'd want him in this game I would have thought do you think uh, you've got you to take a risk because if it pops that's it he's done for the rest yeah. of the tournament and then we really are stuck with him but if he's really properly
fully injured and done with the rest of the tournament, then we can have a replacement. So yeah, I think they'll probably say to him, if you're going to be injured, be properly injured or properly better. We can't be sort of faffing about just... <laughs> yeah, that's probably exactly what Trevor Bayliss is saying to him right yeah. now. Yeah. That's the Don't just come in and say you've forgotten your kit. <laughs> all in, guys, all in. OK, just don't don't faff about. Don't faff about. And I think we should remember that Chris... <laughs> Mike Brearley's book. Come yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chapter one, yeah. not faffing about. <laughs> Chapter two, just thinking <laughs> in silence. We should remember that Chris Wokes did a good job at number three. Would you put him up the order then instead of instead of Vince? Open with, a, open with Root. Mm, well, Root's a little short of confidence, I think, at the moment, isn't he? He Root. certainly looks like it. Only that's only a couple of games, isn't it? Is that all it takes? I suppose ultimately everyone it's a fragile. Bottles, everyone bottles it in the end. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just reading this, um, uh, the uh, Robin Smith's autobiography, which I'm really enjoying, but I've just got to a bit where he suddenly loses confidence after one dismissal. But I was, I was really amazed when he's, he's just come off the back of a really great summer and he's out quite softly in one innings. And that, that is the trigger for a sort of massive. Wasn't it when he, because I remember, didn't he, get, I remember he, didn't he get hit in the grill of the helmet and it bent his grill in? Wasn't he playing? Was well, he got a, hit a couple of. And, yeah. and, and well, he didn't. That, he, he, didn't wear, he didn't wear a grill. But in '95, oh, he got he got absolutely collared. Yes, well, that's brutal. right. Yeah. yeah. But then Crawley and uh, Jack Russell saw his home. Uh, talking about the '90s, Miles. For some people, this will be their first experience of England in a World Cup. So, do you have any <laughs> tips on how to cope with the disappointment if we crash out at the group stages? I think you just have to you have to cope with it the same way that one copes with all English sporting disappointments. <laughs> And think when you think when you really thought about it, you sort of knew this was going to happen. A pessimist is never disappointed, as uh, Sophie Ellis Baxter's band. The audience um, <laughs> never fail to remind us. <laughs> Come on, the lionesses. That's what I'll say. Yeah, now that yeah. yeah, there's a team. Great. Uh, what's your prediction for the England India game? Because Jamie, you've already said he's uh, that the England are going to lose. Lose. Just watching India yesterday, I thought they they looked pretty unbeatable actually. So I'm yeah, I'm going to side with Jamie on this one. Okay. Right. Bumrah is amazing. Nice He's like Bumrah. Watching him bowl is extraordinary. It's like watching a sort of basically like an off spinner's an attacking off spinner's mind in the body of a pace mm. bowler. That's just too much to think about. I think when you're facing India, the Ashes they're only say three days away, mm. and like everyone else, we've been saying that the Ashes were more important than the World Cup since since we lost to Sri Lanka, at least. <laughs> uh, and anyway, what better way to get over a car crash of a defeat to Australia than sit in the wreck fantasizing about beating them in a Test series? Mm. So this has all gone very JG Ballard. <laughs> I would like to know which of England's one-day players have improved their chances of a place in the Test team during this campaign. If they're one-day players, I mean, well, let's, you, let's look. You at look who's... at Josh Butler at the moment. Yeah. And you think, well, he must be a red ball player. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I suppose so. He's he's done himself some good. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Because it seems to me that we've put all of our cricketing eggs in this in this one basket, and the te- it seems like we've the whole of England's game is geared around a, a, a sort of limited overs. It seems odd now to think of us playing Test cricket. Well, if you think back to the West Indies, if you think back to England and the West Indies earlier this year when they played that Test series, and I just want to agree with you and say that even in that Test series, they looked like all they could think about was one-day cricket because that was how they were playing. But, um, you know, that team had... Burns. Do you remember Burns and Jennings yeah. opening? How long ago does that seem? Yeah. yeah. So uh, the last time we played, it was I know Burns was on Burns the opening. And Burns and Jennings. Jennings. Keaton Jennings. Joe Denley at three. Right. Who had a shocker. Joe Root, Butler, Stokes, Bairstow, Moe Nally, Mark Wood, Broaden Anderson. So there was a sort of consensus that... Was there a sort of consensus that Burns had done enough? To keep his place? Yeah. I wouldn't say there was a consensus, no. So really, in a way, Roy 
people might be saying, don't worry about the rest of the World Cup. Now just get, get yourself right for the Ashes. For the Ashes. I think so. He, couldn't he play that sort of David Warner role? Are you, what? Are they, are There's got sure to be a better example of ways to live your life. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone ever sat down with anyone for some sort of mentoring and said, yes, what? <laughs> Here's could, you, a could you be more example. like David Warner? <laughs> Uh, I think that um, you know that you'd like to think that they're all talented cricketers and that they can play both forms of the game. Wouldn't well, you? Like, so so someone like Archer, then you'd think. Yeah, he, I think he Archer's just, he look he looks exceptional. I think He's really Archer's got to be bolted yeah. on for the Ashes. I presume he can bowl twenty five overs a day if 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 he looks if called fit. upon. Also, um, I think it would be fascinating to see him in a team potentially show up Broad and Anderson, which would be the first time like you know you've actually got a pace bowler who can go above them yeah. in the kind of like that's who we're throwing the ball to. What well, do you think we'll be doing that? sort of very English four-seamers irrespective thing. I mean, would we, have, we? do you think you'd have Wood and Archer and Broad and Anderson? Are they, are they four players that are Almost. genuinely likely to play together? You're probably going to leave one out, you aren't you? So, and it would involve, so that would involve, what, Moeen at seven and uh, Bairstow. Someone would have to tell Bairstow that he wasn't going to bat exactly where he wanted. <laughs> Bagsy, not me. Uh, yeah, that is... That, I, think that, I think that should become a sort of jury service thing. <laughs> Hello, is that Mrs. Sharples? Yes, uh, could you get yourself on a train to Leeds, please? You need to tell Johnny Bairstow some news he doesn't want to hear. Yeah. Uh, what about Owen Morgan? Could he get himself in a test side? Does he play? Sure. When did he last play a red ball game? Oh, that is a good question. I mean, this is the sort of Smith thing that Ed Smith would delight, wouldn't it? Yeah. Ideally, you want someone that's retired from all formats of the game uh, to suddenly, <laughs> suddenly bring them back in. Yeah. Um, I would have thought he, even Owen Morgan isn't thinking about playing in the Ashes. I think he's got other things on his mind right now. Yeah, yeah, he's got some press conferences to um, amiably saunter through. <laughs> I wonder though. No, you can't. You can't possibly have a designs on it. But those people that played in the last, there is that thing, isn't there? That if people are the incumbent, they are the incumbent. They're going to work off that eleven, aren't th- they? And, then, and then look for changes. The they're not going to start on the blank of sheet. That is Moeen Ali and Adil Rashid. I mean, they're they're both going to be in the team, and they're not kind of improving their reputations. I would say but right I, now. Rashid bats. I, I cannot see Adil Rashid changing the way he bats to play in a Tessa batch. I think as a bowler, he would be. You'd pick him as a bowler, but I don't, his batting would be a but bit. Last suspect. last summer, he batted he batted okay. I think in the in the Test games. I suppose you're not thinking about his batting so much. I whereas with Moeen, obviously that's a man. He's obviously he's batted what two to nine he's batted every does everything he's asked relentlessly he's treated appallingly by he's a bit out of form England. though isn't he I think Ali I would struggle I think he's but he's quite good with the change suddenly if he's you know sometimes if he's had a bad test series he suddenly turns up and has an amazing one day series and I think the reverse is true uh, that glorious summer we had with him just always coming in and sort of smashing yeah, 70s the, and yeah, 80s yeah, and number, yeah, yeah, yeah. number so I, yeah. I have I just I'm I'm not well, being you'd objective have him in the, You'd have him in the team? In the test team, yeah. yeah. I'm not being objective. I absolutely love Moeen I think he's really... <laughs> I don't, there's no English player at the moment that I love watching more. Oh, Who would you carry over into the Ashes? Let me know. You can tweet me at m underscore john or email us thespin at theguardian.com. Still to come, we build a very scary-looking cricketer. Did you know that the first official Women's Cricket World Cup was held in 1973, two years before the men's? Or that a whole new bowling technique came into play to get around hoop skirts? Or that the England women's team has won the World Cup twice more than the men's? That's twice! There are lots of things to love and learn about women's cricket. As a part of its push to get everyone playing cricket, NatWest has partnered with The Guardian Labs to tell more stories about the game. Follow them at theguardian.com forward slash natwest cricket. This message was paid for by NatWest. 
Business Bim from The Guardian, beacon of Guardian sports journalism and unofficial home of the Shakib Al-Hassan fan club. <laughs> Here are a few things that have caught our attention in the past few days. Marcus Truscothic announced his retirement from cricket yesterday. He'll play until the end of the season so he can add a few more to the 26,000 first-class runs he scored. He made over 200 appearances for England between 2000 and 2006, missing only one series in that time. I mean, he's just a legend, isn't he? He's glorious. And I love the fact that his response, as well as announcing, he's playing in the seconds at the moment, and his response is, I'm just going to try and score more runs in the seconds and force myself back into the, into the first. <laughs> oh, that young, that, that arrogance of youth. <laughs> yeah. But did he play, he played this, I saw a clip of him fielding at slip in the, for some of the seconds, and the bowler was sort of, I think, not yet 16 or something. Just an extraordinary discrepancy. That's, yeah. So Adam Collins tweeted a stat yesterday that when Trez made his Somerset debut in 1993, Chris Tavaray was his skipper. <laughs> right. Chris Brilliant. is now 65. Brilliant. It's funny, isn't it, how I remember as a youngster, you'd watch Chris Tavaray bat for hours and hours for, for single figures. And the way that uh, I, w- I went down to see my son playing in the nets the other day, he's only 11. And I was on the side, like, get behind it, and you know, get your back behind it. And then, you know, they, their coach actually had to come and tell me that they don't get taught to play like that anymore. <laughs> and he's getting told to get their wrist through the ball and smack really it as hard as you can. <laughs> I was told to pipe down with my Tavaray-esque oh, coaching. Really? <laughs> Isn't there something really lovely and old-fashioned, in fact, about... Truscothic staying on, having retired from England, staying on for all those years playing for Somerset. That Mate. feels like the kind, of, I mean, it's the kind of thing Graham Gooch did. Alistair Cook's doing it now. Yeah. My dad did it but, for ditchling thirds, <laughs> uh, but his hip had gone. That's why he was in the slips, <laughs> which is maybe why Truscothic was in the slips. So I like that thing when he would sort of field on all fours when he was fielding close <laughs> in last, last summer. He would be already kneeling down. <laughs> but I, thought, I think he just loves it. Yeah. You know, it must be such a nice place to play half your games at Taunton. It's really, mm. really fabulous ground and you know the Quantock Hills in the background he's sort of in his happy place there isn't he I do honestly Treskothic has given us so many reasons to be happy he's a great great man talking of greats the Oval Greats is the latest franchise name to be announced for the 100 it joins Leeds Superchargers Welsh Fire Southern Brave Birmingham Phoenix Trent Rockets and the Manchester Originals and I'm not going to laugh at any of them because I've laughed at them before (laughs) you're both Surrey fans what do you think of the name Jamie? I think you missed out the spirit. Isn't there a London spirit? London that spirit. The, did you? Oh, that did you is, make the, oh, I didn't that's, mention that. The, uh, the Lord. That's a the name Lord's, for the Lord's team. Yeah, which yeah. sounds like a G&T brand. Mm. Yes, I. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. You are so oh, well, underwhelmed. What do you, yeah. what do you think about the competition anyway, Mars? Any the hundred? I'm afraid, literally, no interest in it. No, I'm, but it's I've not for it's not, you. It's not for me. It's not for you. It's for people who don't like cricket. Yeah, I'm not. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Although, obviously, if they turn continue to turn people off cricket at the rate they do, eventually, it will be will be for us. <laughs> I suppose. So it's yeah, sort of self fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't. I'm perfectly because how many? What, what's the geographical area then? Who? How far away will some people be expected to support the Oval Greats from? What's the furthest? Well, you've got two London teams, so you're the so, No, but even like nipping down to the what's the furthest so southeast then? What's the most south? So, south Southampton, I guess. Okay, no, but you're going right into Kent. I mean, what, what's confusing is is that for the Welsh drag 
fire? Welsh fire. I mean, I can see why you'd think dragons. A bit upset about that because that includes Somerset and Bristol. Yeah, so they're a little bit miffed that they feel that they're being kind of lumped in with the Welsh. They should be called sort of like the estuary eagles or something to sort of acknowledge the fact that the only thing that divides these people is the seven estuary. Have you heard the rejected names that that happened for London? No, I love these. So um, these are all prefaced by London, okay? But it was Fuse X. Union and Rebels. London Fuse, London X. London London Union. So they'd call a team London Union in the only place with two teams. (laughs) Good point. That is is phenomenal. (laughs) Chris Gale announced he was cancelling his plans to retire from international cricket, which was a surprise to everyone, including his own captain, Jason Holder. (laughs) Back in February, Gale told everyone he'd be done at the end of this World Cup. But now he says he thinks he'll play against India later in the year. He might even play tests again, five years after his last one. Apparently, being the universe boss means never having to ask for your place in the side back. He is undoubtedly a great of West Indian cricket, but is it time for him to do what he said he would and, quote, let the youngsters have some fun while he gets back into the party stand. Well, the stuff he was doing to the England bowlers a few months ago, you thought, well, this guy, he doesn't need to be able to run the singles. He just stands there and blasts it. When that's not working, I mean, he may... It's not... You know, some players go away and completely remodel themselves, don't they? It's like John T. Rhodes had sort of two different careers as a batsman or whatever. And it may be we're approaching... And Jamie will love this. We might be approaching uh, Chris Gale's sort of Tavare era. <laughs> where he rebounds, he's just like bats all day. Let, let the carnage happen around me. I'll just bat, I'll just hold an end up. Just keep my heart rate low. Yeah. I'll just nerdle it around a bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would work if he did that, but he shows no signs of of doing that. He just wants to throw the bat at it without moving his feet right now. I just think because he he's a sort of a, an aura player. If you were told, if you're sitting in a boardroom somewhere putting an 11 together and you're said, you know, he, he is willing to play, I think, I think it would be quite hard to say no. Mm. That's Even interesting. Though, you know... He's box off, isn't he? And I think back home he's, he's, a, he's a legend. But it's funny because he's, he's not, not the worst mo- shout that when Jaya Saria suddenly re-emerged and insisted for political reasons that he played Test cricket again. It's not, you know, it's better than that scenario. But he's sort of fashioned himself into the most unlikely Test cricketer now. I, don't, I can't see him playing... It's a long form. Has he scored two, three hun- triple hundreds at test level? Well, I would have to But that's that. when he was prepared to run singles. Yeah. Now <laughs> yeah. he's not going anywhere. It would just, it would be just double hundreds. <laughs> yeah. You know you've got to lose 100 singles in innings, Chris, if you're going to... I don't feel like he's having a good influence on the team. I don't think he or Andre Russell are, are what West Indies team. No, hang on. Team no one's had a good right influence now. on that. That dressing room has not been unified <laughs> yeah. for 40 years. Except um, Holder seems like such a good captain, doesn't he? He yeah, speaks yeah, so brilliantly. He really looks sort of impressed about there, but for whatever reason, that's really not happening. They bowled yesterday. They, their bowling was good. Kimo Roach was good. He was. They true. seem to be sort of far more professional in their approach yeah. to this team than they have been because well, it's been a bit of a mess, West Indies cricket. For the but night. imagine like Carlos Brethwaite getting like five percent bigger, five percent better. I mean, <laughs> not bigger. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about those, e- I'm thinking about those emails I get. Uh, about five, 5% better. <laughs> um, better. 5% better. Well, I've thought, I've, it's a thing I've often thought, like Brett Lee, I remember in 2005, actually, I was thinking, oh, really, Brett Lee seems really nice. I wish he was slightly better. <laughs> to our next topic, then. These days, you can't have a sporting tournament without the accompanying fantasy league. But what if... Instead of assembling a whole team, we just piece together our ultimate cricketer from everyone on show at this World Cup. Right. right. Well, 
Are we wanting to make the ultimate cricketer or yeah, are we wanting to make something? Which body parts would we choose from those on display? Could we start off with Malinga's hair? Yes. Because that's quite, that's got a... Sort yeah. of, and probably very finger. distracting to Batsman as he runs in, I and, would think. And his unique point of delivery as well, which appears to just randomly appear from... Yeah. <laughs> what about um, what about Stokes's claw? You'd want to have, like, uh, yeah, Stokes's this, hand... This was, is that, does that remain the best catch of the tournament, you think? What about our Finch one where he handed it... Maxwell handed it off back yeah, that was over tough. the yeah. rope to... To uh, cool. Finch against England, that was the, the, the so. Problem, the problem is, Stokes is. Ca- I mean, he was actually he was rectifying a mistake really because he was in the wrong position, which is why he managed to kind. Of, I mean, he dug oh, himself right? out of a. Well, he was sort of walking. I think he'd come in too far. He should have been on the boundary. Should have been a pretty regulation catch, I think. But he was probably sort of wandered in because he wasn't really. I don't know. Probably thinks the last ball is over. I'll make my way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> make my way in. And so he was actually he was slightly was caught- part of England's fielding <laughs> efficiency drive. <laughs> Exactly. So he'd sort of the reason why it looked so dramatic was because that he he was sort of in the wrong. wrong so it's the equivalent of dro- dro- dropping a cup. cup and catching it. Okay. That's yeah. it. But he's still it's still a beautiful. But you're call. right because he didn't go still into it. He didn't sit call. nice in his hand, did he? He did. He did kind of just manage. So to it's help just them. the claw. So really, it's the, the, it's, it's the those two fingers. Yeah. Of his... And I think Cottrell's right hand because you you want that salute in there somewhere. Yeah. Most of his right hand, but just with the thumb and first two fingers of Stokes. Yeah. That's okay. Gosh, this is wow. really this is getting, going to be a little this is, creepy. This is, he, but yeah. His opposable. What, hang on. How are we breaking that, his hand down? Stokes's two fingers. It's Stokes's well, it's, in, index finger that's made of metal. But Co- but Cottrell's uh, it's the whole arm really, isn't it, for the salute? Yeah, the whole arm. What Elbow about elbow down? <laughs> what, or, or, or while we're talking about arms, though, what about Gulbadeen Naib's biceps? Did you see him He's do the? Guy. Yeah, yeah. He did that yeah. celebration with yeah, the, the cricket, bicep curl. Cr- cricket needs more of that. He's mm. got, he possibly has the biggest guns of the tournament. I that think. gun, and that is a relatively new phenomenon in the game. It if is, we look it? back to the, the, the glory years, the Mike Gatting. The, I mean, there weren't athletes in the in the mould of. Weren't athletes in the, broad, in the gym, in the broader sense. In the broader of the sense. <laughs> um, that's a relatively new thing, yeah. actually being. Fit. <laughs> well, that's also it means that it's sort of harder to tell players apart now. Like if you go and see a like county T Twenty game or whatever, you think, hang on a minute, who? Are, they all look the same. They're just like yeah. eleven people sure. that are sort of well, in the, in the, the steam of the showers. It's difficult <laughs> to tell. I mean, <laughs> when, they're at, when they're sort of outfielding, <laughs> oh, you're like, yeah, they look sorry, sort yeah, of yeah, identical. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know what sort of ticket you'd have to buy, Jamie, for them to go. Oh yeah, so where's that? Yeah, that's uh, that's gate G, and that if you go through, of course, that gives you access to the uh, the members yeah. cafe. And the, steam, and the steam room. Yeah. Uh, that's, for, that. that's for non fans of the game. That will be part of the hundred. Of course it is. Yeah. But there are these people you can you can't sort of recognise people sort of by silhouette. There's no Ian Austins in the game anymore. <laughs> also, I'd say slightly true of um, the Indian team. They've got matching facial hair, makes it more difficult because they've all got that really beautifully. Yeah, I think they, they presumably have a team barber that travels with them because they're immaculately. They really tra- are barbered. Barbered. That's they are. The, I, I think, think. I, I think Virat Kohli's is my favourite. So I think if we were choosing one beard facial, to go that would be it, on yeah. our. Uh, uh, oh, I'd have uh, Johnny Bestos. Johnny Bestos beard. Yeah, it's not really a beard as such, is it? Isn't it? Well, it's a. It's sort of a bit of a mess. <laughs> isn't I it? think. <gasps> Throwing shade at Johnny Bestow, he'll come after you. You know, In he's the got the sort of beard, beard that makes him look like he can handle an X. If we were starting with WG. Yeah. And then working down the list of beards. Right at the bottom would be that thing when Shane Warne had a small triangle <laughs> under his lower lip. 
Ken Williamson's kind of uh, heart rate, or like he, he must have a very low. I feel like he must have a very low. Well, we need heart to choose a, someone so that has the sort of the mind of this cricketer, which will be the most sort of level-headed, I suppose. So yeah. you want someone like Williamson. Yeah. Moeen Ali is temperamentally oh, is right there again. Well, yeah, but Moeen because he's well, we can all learn from him because he puts he constantly puts cricket in perspective to the point where if he has an unsuccessful time, you also don't mind. You seem to mind as little as he does about his own. So we're having failures. the mind of Moeen Ali. The it's turning into a bit like Wizard of Oz. The heart of who we having. Oh well, no, I mean I think the mind and the heart are kind of similar thing. It's just that kind oh. of coolness under pressure, isn't it? We're making a player that might actually have the wrong attributes depending what they are. <laughs> That's true. Do you know what I mean? They yeah. might be a sort of extraordinary athlete and have a very calm yeah. mind and stuff, but they might not be. They might be uncertain of their role within the team, and then they'll be treated the way Moeen Ali's been treated by the England hierarchy. That's why they've got to have Moeen Ali's mind because nobody else would put up with it. We will leave it there. I'm afraid that it's. I'm, I'm actually very genuinely sorry that it's time to say goodbye to my guests, Jamie Thinkston and Miles Jupp. Don't forget to hit subscribe to make sure you receive every new episode of The Spin. We're sticking around for the whole summer, no matter what happens. Goodbye. The Spin is supported by NatWest. To find out about how NatWest is making it easier for everyone to get involved in cricket, search NatWest Cricket.